Want to cut cooling bills without cutting comfort? Lower utility costs and enjoy cool and consistent comfort with a highly efficient air conditioner from Luxair. With Luxair's consumer rebate program, educators, nurses, first responders, military personnel, and veterans can enjoy exclusive rebates on qualifying purchases of Luxair equipment. To learn more, call G-Team Mechanical at 765-376-3042 or visit gteamhvac.com. They'll recommend a system tailored to your home that provides comfort, energy savings, and lasting performance. This is Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. One and a half tenths to the good. Can he sew this together and get himself a pole position at NTT, NTT P1 right. Award? It's going to be close. Big Graham no. Rahal on his teammate. He oh. is Graham Rahal wins the pole for the first time in six years. From being denied a qualifying spot and a grid spot in the Indianapolis 500 and being bumped by the 500 at the same racing venue, he gets his first pole in six years. Feels good, you know, it feels really good. Just even just not even that, it just feels good to like to, to be up front again. And, you know, uh, obviously we started on the front row at uh, Mid Ohio, but I mean, to be on pole is something I'm not known for. And to be able to put it together and, you know, to get ourselves in a great shot to go win tomorrow means the world to me. So, uh, certainly can sleep a little easier tonight and know we've got a great opportunity ahead. It's just uh, it's a nice load off the back, you know, after so long. Uh, it's, it, as I said a second ago, it's not a win, but it feels like it just to, to be here. We, we knocked on the door in mid-Ohio, but to, to be here this time around, get Code 3 Associates uh, up up uh, up front means the world and get these guys. I mean, these guys have busted their butts all year, so they deserve it. Happy race weekend. We're ready for the Brickyard on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Qualifying is complete. Graham Rahal is on the pole for the first time in six years for an IndyCar race. His teammate Christian Lungard starts next to him tomorrow at 2.30, 2 o'clock airtime here with IndyCar Radio on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan, and on USA for television. Check your local listings. You can find it if you have a traditional cable or streaming option i'm gonna guess you've got usa it's on peacock as well i'm kevin lee kurt cavin is with us eddie garrison in our indianapolis studios we already had a full plate recapping a really mixed up qualifying session and more uh nascar coming up tomorrow the xfinity race is right after indycar nascar xfinity and cup practice and qualifying in the morning and then I just, uh, so I just got home. I finished up the Indy Next race on Peacock that ended at 6 o'clock. Walked in the door four minutes ago. So I've been off the grid since I would say 3.30 because we were on air for the final practice, Kurt, from 4 until 4.30 and then getting ready for the next race. So I just pull up the Twitter machine, the Xbox. <laughs> it's an Xbox. Yeah, I like that. It's not the X machine. It's the Xbox. And I see for the love of India tweets. So you got anything to talk about tonight? And well, hmm, what's happened? And as I chatted with people today, I heard there's a lot happening, but I didn't know what might go public tonight. So I'll just click. You want me to tell you? I'll just click one source who always aggregates everything. Indy 44 
has the story from Jenna Fryer of the Associated Press from 35 minutes ago. Please go ahead, Kurt. The headline is McLaren boss tells team IndyCar championship leader Alex Pillow has reneged on his 2024 contract. Wait a minute. He wasn't allowed to do that contract until September, I thought. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The silliness is squarely upon us. Do you have in front of you? Do you want to have a reading yeah, with Kurt? I, go ahead. Yeah, I got the, I've got it I mean, in front of you, but I'll whole... let you kind of read it, and then I'll have some comment. <laughs> well, the headline, the first paragraph, the lead, says Alex Pillow has changed his mind again and informed McLaren Racing he will not be joining the team at the end of the season. In a letter sent to Aero McLaren Racing employees by Zach Brown, a copy of which, which was obtained by the Associated Press, Brown wrote that Polo has, quote, no intention of honoring his contract with our McLaren IndyCar team for the 2024 season and beyond. The letter was sent to McLaren employees shortly after Friday's final IndyCar series practice at the Speedway. So there you go. So this isn't exactly in the middle of our show, and this is not quite the shocker that we had when he was uh, announced with two teams uh last summer because you know i think most of us have felt like nothing will surprise us here and since they're not allowed to announce it i have to believe he's going to reserve the right to change his mind now this this starts with um zach told mclaren employees that he's not coming he needed to tell them that because i've been told that he told employees yeah i know it's not going to be announced for a while but polo is coming our way That was sometime in the spring, April, May, something like that. He's been telling everyone he's ours. And then there were a number of things. Um, So we'll just throw things against the wall that that are probably true, but I don't have enough sourcing to write it down. But it makes it's plausible. It makes sense. As you would expect, you would think since Chip Ganassi came with an agreement that was amenable to allow him to continue, he wasn't going to give up the fight. And we've heard. There have been a couple of runs to try to entice him to stay. Last thing we heard a few weeks ago was, nope, that wasn't going to happen. And that made sense that he had probably said no again, because then all of a sudden, after not getting uh, much of a financial offer, Marcus Erickson was receiving a financial offer. So logic might say that, okay, he's that, that's one reason why uh, Chip Ganassi Racing wasn't fully in on offering Erickson a salary and not requiring any support because they were still holding out some hope that that, that money could go to Polo as part of the two fully funded cars. And then if and when that no longer was an option, then, okay, we'll shift that money and Erickson can be the funded car. And, and by the way, I, I said the other day, I didn't think that that was a slam dunk that Marcus was going to accept that because I think he has multiple and certainly one very attractive offer for many reasons. I think he's weighing Andretti there. Well, then we've been hearing in the last week or so, a lot of people think there is a path to get to Formula One. Another story I just heard today from pretty decent source, and I won't name where the money would come from because that 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 would be a little more reckless to throw out a name. Um, but there are some things percolating that are possibilities, and I'm wondering if it's true. 
with this going on that Ganassi was making another attempt and had a new source of revenue to be able to do it. And it might still include them the ability to uh, pay Marcus Erickson and have three funded cars. So with this, there are two possibilities. And I think it's... And, oh, and by the way, the other story out there, and I think Racer uh, had this, that there was a some conversation that McLaren, which I think might have his contractual rights to Formula One. Certainly he is a Formula One test driver for the team. Has been, will be, that is not in question. Uh, but that McLaren might really want him for the future for Formula One because maybe Lando Norris is trying to get out of his deal and he might have a clause that allows him out and they might need someone next year or if it's not next year, we still want to take a look at Pelot and Formula One. So we're going to essentially loan him to Williams for next year. And he remains McLaren property. And then the other scenario could be he just goes to Williams um, or he just goes to Alpha Tori. The McLaren loaner thing to Williams, unless Williams is not amenable, made a lot of sense. And I'm starting to wonder if, all right, if he told them no at this point, maybe he did accept the Ganassi offer. And he's decided, you know what? Winning is really fun. And I'm going to stay here. You know, I, I talk, I know how important it is for him to go to Formula One. That's where he's from. That's what he wants to do. So I guess I've just talked myself in circles saying I still don't know what he's doing. But I would guess he does. Yeah. No, I, I think he does. I don't think there's any question. Uh, I had a chat, chat with him yesterday, as you did, a different conversation. And he he looks and sounds like a guy who knows what he wants to do. Like he's got a path. And today solidifies that for me today. Now, do I think I know the path? No, I don't. But if if I'm going to bet, I think I think Ganassi finally stepped up because he didn't want to lose him and made an offer that was close enough and I think he's going to stay because why where else where else in the world can you assure yourself that you're going to be really competitive? And he probably should have been the Indy 500 winner two of the last 3 years. And, well, let's see. I get my years mixed. It was last year and this year. Uh, <laughs> I forget which year he finished second. Anyway, uh, he's had two really good shots at the Indy 500. He is going to win a championship this year, barring total disaster. It would be two in three years. And I just think he this is the best place for him uh, if the money's close. All of that is true. But we are Americans based in the car. Every driver I've spoken to that is not from the United States, and I think most that are even from the United States, that are formula car drivers have told me, and when, when they're talking privately, they don't even go with the stipulation that, oh, it's got to be the right situation. Most have told me, no, you're taking any seat you can get. If you've not been in Formula One, you want to at least be in Formula One and you have enough confidence in your abilities that you're going to upgrade the program, you're going to beat your teammate, you're going to move up, and if you don't and it goes poorly, you're going to be able to come back to IndyCar. So if he did commit to Ganassi, 
my guess is they have figured out the doors are closed to Formula One. I don't. I I'd be surprised if he has at this point said, eh, "I'm not going to wait and see if something opens up over there. I'm going to commit." Now it's also possible there was a date of maybe it's August fifteenth. Maybe somehow it's August 11th (laughs) or maybe it was August 1st and we're just hearing about it. Um, But maybe there was a date where he had an out from the McLaren, whether it be the super secret IndyCar situation (laughs) that wasn't supposedly allowed to be signed. Or maybe the semantics is we have you under a Formula One testing agreement. And you have a certain date where you could get out of that to go to another Formula One team or to choose to continue with another IndyCar team. Oh, it's fascinating. So I can talk my way my, my, myself into both situations that he's just decided uh, I like winning championships and I don't like my chances of finding a Formula One option. So I'm sticking to Ganassi or maybe it's. I don't. Maybe it's he doesn't have to decide right now from Ganassi, but he has decided I'm either going to Formula One or I'm going to stay right here because the other team I was going to go to hasn't won a race all year, and we're crushing everybody every week. And they've now matched the financial offer. So yes, I won't get to test the Formula One car anymore, but I'm going to probably win a lot of races here where I'm at if I can't get to Formula One. So let me ask you, I'm, I'm tracking with you until you get to the point where he hasn't decided on whether it's Formula One or it's Ganassi. So he's ruled out McLaren IndyCar. So if that's true, doesn't he have to take, doesn't he lose his leverage with Ganassi? Meaning Ganassi just say, okay, then I'm going to or go back to the original offer, you're not going to find a Formula One ride, and you've already messed things up now with McLaren IndyCar. So, to then me, Andretti told- hires him. Then Andretti hires him. Alex Pillow is going to find a seat in, in IndyCar next year if he wants, and if they're all gone, somebody will fire somebody to create a spot for him. Now, I, I believe he could gamble if he wanted to. It, yeah, if he could he has gamble, the but ability I... to it, if there is still a sliver of hope and they're not ready yet to tell him no or yes in Formula One, I think if you're Chip Ganassi and Polo is now one, hey, this is dream. This means that my guy is not going to be competing against me next year. That's yeah. what we've said all along. If I'm Chip Ganassi, I'd if I can't have him, I want in, him in Formula One, and I think he's now to that point. So how about this? If I'm Chip Ganassi, I say, you know what, Alex, take another month uh, because everybody is going to wait for my seat here as well. Just like they want you, they want my open seats, and we will continue to put a hold on free agency until you decide what you're going to do. Feel free to take another three weeks, and if you can get to Formula One, we will support that, Uh, and if you can't, we got a spot here for you because you know what? We've got three open seats not confirmed right now. He can go ahead and sign Marcus Erickson, especially if what is being kind of chattered about in the paddock might be happening. I don't know if that got done as soon as today, if that's it. It may just be that, you know, Chip is going to say, we're going to keep Alex Pillow and we'll figure out how to fund it later on. Uh, th- those may not be necessarily attached. Um, but if I'm Chip, I'm going to tell Alex, the ball is yours. If 
you want to come back, we got a spot for you. If you go to Formula One, fine. We just don't want you with another IndyCar team. Yeah. I can track with that. I thought when I read this story, the two big winners of the day were Chip Ganassi and uh, and Felix Rosenquist, who now seems to have a path to stay at Aero McLaren. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that he's going to take that path, but uh, but I think he at least has a path. Uh, I, do you have any thoughts on Aero McLaren? Um. So one of the things that have been talked about, and this was a conversation last year as well. So I was talking in the spring about McLaren, Aero McLaren, creating a fourth program. And generally the response I got was, they don't have room. They can't do that. And uh, I said, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they can figure something out. Well, Racer has been writing recently that that effort still is ongoing and they don't they don't have shop space. So they've been trying to work on a satellite program. And the thing that made most sense was Dreyer and Reinbold. And I think Marshall Pruitt wrote a day or two ago that, that for some reason they couldn't come to an agreement or that's not going to happen. And there are some other scenarios with Chevy teams. He mentioned one that would be a new entrance. Is that the Pratt and Miller uh, situation could, that he yeah, talked about be. that we thought wouldn't be until 25? So, you know, maybe that could be a path for them to jump on board, supported by McLaren. You know, I'm wondering, could it be somebody like Hunkos? It's got to be a Chevy team who would love to strengthen things. I'm going to guess McLaren might uh, be okay with being associated with Callum Eilat, who I have to think is somebody they'd have an eye on if they have an empty seat. But the reason I bring all that up is that might have been a scenario for a, maybe a fourth car was for a Callum Eilat, or maybe it was for a Felix Rosenquist. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Pato Award is saying... We really like the dynamic. Now, how much juice does he have? I don't know. But I, I know that the team likes Felix Rosenquist. And I wonder if they've been trying to create a space. And then if Palo does go to Formula One, then it becomes Callum Eilat, someone else in, in the fourth car there. If Palo is gone, which he is, then, yeah. I, I would I would think so. I would think it's probably status quo, but still not definitely. I just I just think it opens up another option because Felix, what he told me last week is, you know, I gambled last year and it worked out. I'm not inclined to do that again. When I find a good offer, and he was essentially saying somewhere else, uh, and it's firm, I'm going to go ahead and take it. Because I'm not going to wait around for them, and I'm not going to keep bugging Palo. Because I said, so, you know, do you think you can get the down low before he goes public of what Palo is doing? And he said, yeah, I'm not going to keep bugging him as to what he's doing. You know, if, if the team will tell me and they say they're ready to commit, we'll move forward. But there's going to be a point. And he also said, I can't sign right now. So McLaren has worked that out where I, I think they still have the option on him. So if this was last week after August 1st, I'm going to guess they have his rights until September 1st. So that gives them a little time to keep Felix if they want. So, and, and by the way, I heard of another uh, driver who's, I thought, under contract next year <laughs> that might not be returning next year. So, you know, we, we dropped it down to 16 open seats with Tom Blumquist being confirmed in the 06 next year. Uh, but, you know, maybe it is going to continue to grow. Fascinating stuff. Is it possible that after all this, 
the McLaren lineup stays the same, and, and the, the top stays the same, and largely the Ganassi <laughs> lineup stays the same. I mean, yes, yes, it's really possible that this is coming into focus just as we left it. So, so uh, you know, I think I think if I'm if I'm Rosenquist, it feels like Ray Hall would be my best bet if it wasn't at McLaren. But if they've got him under contract till September 1st and Pelot's not coming there, I think I want to stay. I think I want to stay. I like where I'm at. Um, and he may not have a choice, but meaning he may get you know retained. But I, I would think that's still as good an offer as I could get. And then it depends on... Do you have to agree to terms? You know, because he is allowed to talk to people and he's allowed to listen. So while he might not be able to sign and announce, he could probably pretty much come to a gentleman's agreement uh, before they do that with someone else. And they may be telling him, hey, we want to know, because if you're not available, we're going to next on the list. And at some point, maybe we'll save this for next week. Um, maybe we'll do it in the next segment. You know, let's just make a free agent. What What's your draft list? If this was fantasy IndyCar racing, you know, where are you starting from? We know Polo is number one. Erickson is probably number two. And then Malukas and Ilod, if he's available, and that's not a simple situation or right up there. Rosenquist is up there. What's your pecking order? You know, those are the kind of questions being asked. Um. And then it comes down to, you know, I don't know what he's making at McLaren. It's probably pretty decent, but it is Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan or someone else going to offer more? And is the option, again, one year with Aaron McLaren? And are you going through the same thing again next year and feeling like you're number three, um, go somewhere else, you're maybe number one, you're maybe number two, or there's just not a clear pecking order, which I think a lot of drivers would be fine with as well, that it's... You know, these are the people, and you all get the same thing, which I think they do at McLaren as well. But the other guys have won more races, so, you know, they're the ones that get the attention and everything with that. And and they're the ones who aren't um, being asked every week, so you're going to have a job next year? Where are you going to race? Which is what Felix has done now for two years. You're driving a sweet ride, and you um, got a shot to win the Indy 500. So It's a good spot. Yeah, it... It, it I meant by a sweet ride, on, a sweet passenger car. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think they all do pretty well. Um, it depends on how much you want stability. And even with that, it's year to year. You know, it, we've seen people be bought out of the last year of their contract. So even yeah. if you get a three-year deal, it's not like... Uh, the NBA, where you're going to get paid no matter what for three years. You probably are, but you, in motorsport, you may not be driving, and that might kind of short-circuit your career. And then there might even be clauses where eh, they might not really have to pay you the full amount. I don't know. Every every contract is different. It's. Um, I didn't expect today to be the day we started uh, getting some, some uh, shockers, but... Uh, you know, I kind of expected that on August first, or or the first race convenient convening after August first. But you know, it kind of came and went at Nashville, and lo and behold, just before the show, this is why we do the show live. Um, 
Kevin. We uh, would have been tearing up the material if we'd have taped this one. Yeah. Um, is there anything in Jenna's story as to when this was conveyed to McLaren? No. No, I don't and think so. And when he conveyed it to McLaren? Uh, I don't think so. I'd have to read the, the story really closely, but it's a lot of... So, uh, a lot of quotes from Brown to the employees about dedicating time and money and and resources to preparing. And by the way, it, here's 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 the nugget that uh, is interesting. Uh, given you know you're not allowed to sign the contract, let me find where it said this. It basically said they paid him the first installment, which was uh, interesting. I'll find well, it. that could be because he's a test driver. You know, he he drove a a, a McLaren Formula One car, yeah, I agree. A previous year car, recently. So, as a professional yes, driver, this, he should be paid. This says we have paid him a significant first payment toward his twenty twenty four season, in addition to the millions of dollars toward developing him as a Formula One test driver. So you mean we didn't get the full story when it was announced that uh, he wasn't allowed to talk to anyone <laughs> outside of Chip Ganassi Racing until September of 2023? You mean that well, wasn't this, totally the way it happened? Well, this is what Brown told his employees. So let's, uh, you know, this, you know, I, su- yeah. I suppose well, he's we, not we, legally bound. He's not he's not legally bound to tell his employees the truth. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. But true. Uh, no, I'm not. I tend to I'm think not, that's likely true. I, I do, too. I was I was joking. Uh, but um, yeah, this by this by this statement, they've already paid him toward 2024. Well, we how about hashtag Indie Rivals? It's not on yeah. track. It's Chip versus Zach. Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful Zach stuff. Got a, got, got a couple he'd been leading, and if – well, I think Chip has won no matter what because, as I said, it just means – this means the the best driver in IndyCar right now, right now, is not going to your hated rival next year. There's a chance he doesn't stay with you, but I think it's safe to say – because he's not turning that down to go to another IndyCar team. I've never heard him mentioned with another team. I, I, I'm surprised we haven't heard someone saying, yeah, Andretti has pro, you know, produced a $5 million offer for Alex Pillow. I've never heard that. Now, they might inquire now, <laughs> just in case. But uh, you know, I think this is very clear that he's either decided I'm staying at Ganassi uh, or I've been given a little time to continue to see if there is a path to Formula One. The McLaren loan out made the most sense because, you know, that's what someone driving for Williams wants. They want to know where the next step up is and being attached to a brand and a program. And, you know, that's it's not Red Bull. It's not Mercedes. It's not Ferrari, but it's in that group of the next best. And that would have made a lot of sense for him. Um. Wow. And and then tomorrow and when I asked Alex, I'll just get a smile and say, "Yeah, I'll tell you in September." <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. And by the way, if you're tallying up the Ganassi Zach Brown scoring ledger, Ganassi's going to win a championship, and 
Zach Brown's team has not won a race here this year. So the plot thickens. And then what we also don't know, you know, this is it possible Marcus Erickson has decided what he's doing? Because I think I've said this a few times before, even when they sign, when they decide, no one is going to want to say because it's just uncomfortable if you're leaving your team. Um, you know, another that was close, I think, to doing something a while back was David Malukas. And I've seen it written that, that they expect him to be at Andretti. I just don't think he has anything done with Andretti. I think there are too many balls in play for him to have a, a firm path there. So I think it's somewhere else. You know, David has kind of alluded to, yeah, I got a firm offer. I'm about to accept it. If that's the case, I don't think it's Andretti. So you might see him somewhere else very soon. And, you know, then your categories are you know, Ed Carpenter. Um, is it Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan? I know they like Felix. Uh, I know they like Lundquist um, if he's available. But there are several options there, and we will continue to look into it. And we'll talk about qualifying and more coming up next. Stay with us. It's Trackside. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hi, this is Graham Rahal, and you're listening to Trackside on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, if you're just joining us, Alex Pillow and his future is the gift that keeps on giving to radio talk shows including his future. So I went back, Kurt, and read more of Jenna Fryer's Associated Press story, and it does have some timing. So it was actually today. Jenna has very good connections with both Chip and and Zach Brown, and the letter uh, was apparently sent from Zach Brown to Mc- Errol McLaren employees today telling them that uh, Pillow has no intention of honoring his contract. Now, when Zach Brown found out, that could have been the August 1st or similar situation. So we don't know the timing of that, but we, we do know that that is how that happened today. Zach's not here this weekend, right? Correct. To but my knowledge, I haven't seen him. He, he was yeah. in Nashville last week, and I did see him in Nashville last weekend. So, you know, that kind of... If he sent a letter, my guess is he didn't know last weekend or maybe he just wasn't ready to say because he still wanted to get some things buttoned up or was maybe making one last attempt to consider that. Um, You know, on one hand, you might think that uh, Alex Pillow might not get a great reputation for not honoring contracts, but when you're as good as he is, you can probably get away from that. Yeah, I I thought about that during the break. I was thinking, what does this do? You know, as those of us that follow the sport very closely and work in it, um, we may have one opinion. But the bottom line is, I mean, he, he should do what makes sense for him. It's just, you know, he's in he's in the most high profile situation, and he continues to create news for us. And in one respect, that's good for us. On the other, it does get a little exhausting, but, um, you know, we're the ones that, I don't know. I've I've talked myself in a circle on this one, but uh, I don't know that it it bothers 
you know, the average person in his fan base. I think they it just should. want to see him race. No, I, I think the only people would bother is the people. It, it could potentially hurt you in future negotiations. But I think that's the case if you're a lesser talent. Yeah, that's you right. Know, if, 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 you're, if you're someone that, you know, name any of these other free agents below Erickson and, and Pelot. Because let's count up all the race wins all these other free agents have. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it one that they essentially have? Yeah. Felix Rosenquist. So these are not can't misses. Alex Pelot is a can't miss. Marcus Erickson is a proven talent. And you never know because we've seen good drivers go to other programs and it doesn't go as well. But Marcus Erickson has done enough over the last three years that, you know, he's not a guy that just had one good weekend. Um, and the others have a track record. But that's why there's such a wide gap is where it's really coming down to teams projecting potential. When you look at these others, Grosjean hasn't won a race in a dozen years. Now, granted, he was in Formula One. He was on the podium 10 times or whatever and hasn't won a race here. Rosenquist has won once. Harvey hasn't won. Malukas has not won. Eilat has not won. Um, Now, Simon Pagino, if he were to become a free agent, and today's announcement did make it clear that they have not decided if Pagino is coming back or not, that one seat is filled. Tom Blumquist for Meyer Shank Racing. The other is TBD and will be determined in near time. But if Pagano becomes a free agent, there is a champion, an Indy 500 winner, and a multi-time winner that would become available. Uh, no one else. Well, Takuma Sato is a multi-race winner. He is a free agent, a 45 or 46-year-old free agent at this point. Um, so that's why it's not easy uh, to, to figure out what's going to happen after this for that next pecking order and then oh by the way i just listed the people that we know over here and certainly linus lundquist is in that category connor daly is still in that category maybe oliver askew is in that group and then all the f2 and f3 people and who knows since we've seen the scott mclaughlin's and robert wickens come from different types of racing you know we probably should not just limit ourselves. if you know maybe it's a supercar driver although they're all headed to nascar at this point so so there's that um, unless you have something else on this front, let's, no, let's I w- I would kick just into highlights say, of qualifying. The only thing I would I would conclude the conversation with is let's don't – I mean, I, I think we know everything about Polo and how good he is, and I think you're right about Erickson. He's got a track record. But those, uh, those red and white cars, or the Ganassi cars, as we like to more you know, appropriately call them, they've won a ton of races – that Fair. it's i mean could other could other drivers do the same thing in those cars i think that's the thing you got to be careful uh, about assuming that it's Erickson and Polo and Dixon doing all the great work they're unbelievable talents there's no question but let's just you know keep in mind that Marcus Armstrong's look pretty good in in stepping into it right away so so your point is that there's no guarantee that Polo, certainly there's no guarantee. Polo goes somewhere else. We know he's good, but he might not. Certainly, there's no guarantee he wins a championship, but he, he may take a step back if he goes somewhere else. 
Eric's right? in the same. Eric's in the same. I mean, just because yeah. you you take more money and you go to another team doesn't mean you're going to have the same success you had at Ganassi. That's that was my point. You know, and Grosjean uh, was better at Dale Coin Racing than he was at Andretti. Generally speaking, well, close to it. He's got a couple of second place finishes, but it was pretty even. Yeah, that I, I was just let's just I was just trying to keep some perspective. That's all. Yep. Okay. Um, qualifying, I guess we got to start with Ray Hall, Letterman, Landing again. They've got this figured out two weekends in a row at, the, at, this, at this place. Yeah, spectacular work by the by that group that went what one four and eight in qualifying in May on the road course race at IMS. They go one two eight in this particular case. You know, I would just say it's it's about the most mixed up uh, or odd unusual pick a word uh, fast six that we've seen with uh, two Ray Hall cars on the front row two McLaren cars on the second row and two Andretti cars and the Andretti cars on the third row are not Kyle Kirkwood who just won the last race and Colton Herta who won this race uh, won the May race uh, what really dominated last year's two road course races at IMS this is Devlin Francesco making the Firestone Fast 6 for the first time and Romain Grosjean so I think you know maybe the most consistent driver uh, in this group is Christian Lundgaard in the second spot. I mean, he may, you know, he's, he's really been pretty good in a, in a Ray Hall car, you know, most of this season. And that's probably the one we're least surprised about in this group, but uh, really an interesting Firestone fast six to have Devlin in the fifth spot, have the Ray Halls on the front row and, you know, certainly it was a great it's a great story that Graham comes back and wins the poll after missing the Indy 500. It doesn't make up for it in any way, shape or form. And it never will unless he wins the Indy 500. But it really struck me similarly to and maybe not quite the same, but similar to, to James Hinchcliffe missing the Indy 500 and then coming back and winning the pole for the 500. This isn't the 500, but kind of the same same uh, rags to riches uh, turnaround. Uh, Rossi and Pato Award, third and fourth. So good showing by the Aero McLaren cars. I'm really happy for Devlin DeFrancesco. You know, it's I, I don't know that it's gone that much different than we kind of thought. There was a lot of opinion that he should probably do another year in Indy Lights, but they've got some budget, and I get it. You know, you're thinking, well, you got to learn at some point. It's going to be hard, so it's still pretty expensive to do Indy Lights. Let's just expand a little bit more, and let's take our lumps the first year. And then the year two is going better, but it just hasn't gone enough of a step. But, you know, then it comes out the team doesn't want you back anymore, so that's rough. I, I do think, assuming that they still have budget available, he's going to find some people that are interested in him next year. So that's what they've kind of been waiting. It's kind of the, the highlight moment um, to break through, qualify up front. Doing it at Indy is big for him. And then now tomorrow, he, he just needs a, a solid day. You know, a top 10 finish. He's hoping for a straightforward finish. And that will be a, a massive move for him. And then you got those that struggled, um, you know, in power and New Garden. And they were not happy, as you probably saw if you were watching on Peacock. It might be the only time that, uh, you know, so we saw, first we saw Joseph slamming things. And I was waiting to get to him. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to let him vent a little bit. 
power was the next box over and I was told, hey, let's go just try to get power and then we'll come back for New Garden. So I get over to power and then apparently he's uh, feeling the same way. And I didn't see exactly to how strongly he was venting, but I think he was. And then I get up on the stand and I say, sorry, Will, um, can we talk to you on TV? He turns around with a smile. Well, like a half smile. And it's just, nope. And I think that's the first time that's ever happened. And you know what? I am not offended. And I actually, if I was his public relations representative, I think Will is now listening to what they say. Rather than get yourself in trouble, um, maybe just decline and that's okay because it looked like he was in a place where there might have been something he wanted to say that he probably shouldn't say and then i went back over to new garden he did not decline i think if i would have gotten there before he got on the scooter he would have probably done it and not been super happy about doing it but i think he would have talked but just a rough day and we'll see what they can figure out but here's what we get We get a lot of fast cars coming from the back with an extra set of alternates, which might be usable this time around. It's a harder alternate this year. So you've got, what, Herta, uh, Kirkwood, Dixon, Power, Erickson, all in that situation. And Herta's going to start 12th, which is a spot better, and still have two sets of alternates because Jack Harvey has to take a penalty. Let me just interject it, and I know this statement gets made a lot. You just said you got a lot of fast cars in in the back. What we have are good drivers. You got to look good drivers. We've got we've got combinations that are typically pretty good. But Devlin DeFrancesco has been fast all day, and so you know that's a fast car, and that's why it's starting fifth. And these other guys don't have a fast car. Joseph he hovered around the bottom of the bottom third of the pack a lot today. Uh, So anyway, I just always think that's an interesting kind of statement, and and I'm not criticizing you for it because they haven't found the speed yet and keep in mind that that uh this is a very short day they had a practice session that lasts 90 minutes theoretically if they used all the time and then they qualified and then they had a warm-up and so there's not like uh there's it's not like there's you know you've had this extra session in there to kind of get it right and uh i i would highlight some other people in that in that second uh, second group, Marcus Armstrong, or Marcus Armstrong is going to start seventh. Jack Harvey qualified eighth. Alex Pillow ninth. Rosenquist tenth. Mac- uh, McLaughlin eleventh, and Castro Neves twelfth. That's one of the better qualifying efforts of Castro Neves' season. And uh, so we'll just have to see. It's the point is it's a kind of a unusual uh, qualifying order. So we should see some excitement with guys that are typically good at Indianapolis coming forward. But um, it may not work out that way. What we missed is next on Trackside. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hi, this is Elio Castroneves, and you're listening to Trackside. Uh, lost in the shuffle of everything going on, Today, there was a really entertaining Indy Next race at the end of the day today. Hunter McElray won from pole, his first win of the season. His teammate Louis Foster tried to pass him about seven laps or so to go in a place that's difficult to pass. They made a little bit of contact. Foster's car was damaged. He had to pit. He doesn't finish. McElray uh, then 
his tires were gone. James Rowe is charging from five seconds back, catches him, had a little bit of a chance to get him in a turn one on the last lap, uh, didn't really get there. He finishes second, a career best. McElroy wins, and the championship is a little bit tighter. Christian Rasmussen came home sixth. He still leads it. I don't have it in front of me, but it's now down to something like 20-some points from 45. So there you go. And Kurt, thinking about the timing of things, when did Zach Brown know? I think last weekend. When he was in Nashville, he told media that Polo and also Pato Award would have a free practice one session in Formula One. So that leads me to believe that he probably didn't know at that point or he would have avoided that. And Jennifer Iyer has updated the Associated Press story, and it may not be done there. Uh, a quote from Zach Brown says, We have made it clear to Alex that we expect him to honor and perform under his contract with us. However, the leadership team and I are focused on addressing our 24 driver lineup in order to be prepared if Alex does not do so. So could we have another lawsuit coming? <laughs> oh, it's it's exhausting in that respect. But, uh, you know, and we'll talk next week, by the way, about Elio Castroneva's uh Confirming he'll be a one-race deal next year in IndyCar. That's a big story. Uh, we didn't really have time for it tonight, but I think you know we need to kind of put that yep. really into some perspective. And a minority owner, so he has yeah, that's, that's a, a part of the team. So that's better than just being you know the driver consultant or whatever. So good for Elio. It means we're going to have him around in a substantial role, and he still continues the drive for five. Great stuff. Thanks for joining us all week. We're back to Tuesday night at seven o'clock next week. Uh, tomorrow um, there's Colts game, so the, the race tomorrow is going to be a ninety-three WIBC. I am told. So you'll hear Colts coverage from the preseason here on the radio. Peacock USA is where you can find IndyCar coverage. Tomorrow morning, NASCAR Xfinity on track at, at 9.30, followed by qualifying and then cup practice and qualifying. Xfinity race after IndyCar full day and then the cup race on Sunday. We'll see you back here Tuesday night at 7. Beyond the Bricks with Jake and Mike next on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan.